0: Good day, and welcome to the ESPN Media conference call. Today's call is being recorded. At this time, I would like to turn the conference over to Bill Hoffheimer. Please go ahead.
1: Thanks, Matt, and thanks to the media for joining us on our conference call today. Uh, We have our Monday Night Football producer, Jay Rothman, and Monday Night Analyst, John Gruden, available to discuss the Texans-Raiders game in Mexico City as the NFL makes its return uh, for the first time in 11 years. Uh, Jay produced the last NFL game at Azteca Stadium in 2005, and he'll do so again this week. He's taken a couple of site visits to Mexico uh, in preparation for this game, so I wanted to give him the opportunity to address the game and our coverage plans, which will not only include the, the Monday night telecast, but also our NFL countdown shows and SportsCenter on the road from Mexico. Uh, John, the former Oakland Raiders head coach, will call the game with Sean McDonough, Lisa Salters, and ESPN Deportes reporter John Sutcliffe. Uh, we'll start with some brief opening comments from Jay and John, and then we'll go right into the media questions. Uh, just a reminder, we will have an audio replay of the call later today via the ESPN Pod Center. Uh, Jay, we'll go ahead and start with you. Thanks.
2: Good afternoon, everybody. I'll be real brief. We're just uh, we're super excited to go down to Mexico City to do our first Monday Night Football game outside of the country. As Bill said, we were down there in 2005 when we had the Sunday Night Package, and. Uh, I think we made a little bit of a mistake in our, our last trip down there in that we, 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 we went in, we did the game, and we got out. And I think that's going to be a lot different this time around. Um, as Bill said, we're going to be bringing our Sports Center show, our NFL studio shows. They'll be based out of Chapultepec Park in Mexico City. Uh, for anyone who hasn't been there, it's, it's the equivalent to Central Park in New York City, although ten times the size. The NFL will be having a fan fest there that sort of deal. So there'll be a lot of flavor, a lot of atmosphere. And as many of you know, next to soccer, the NFL is huge in Mexico City. Um, So um, there'll be a lot of programming coming out of Mexico City on Sunday, Monday all day long leading up to the game. Uh, And as Bill said, we're super excited to do the game. The last time we were there, there was an NFL record, 103,000 for the game. There's been some renovation to the stadium. The crowd will not uh, be as large, closer to 80,000. Um, but nevertheless, it will be World Cup meets the NFL. We expect an electric environment. As I said, next to uh, next to soccer, the NFL is huge. The Cowboys are probably number one, um, and maybe the Patriots, but they are, they're a, a huge contingent of Raider fans um, in Mexico City. So we expect there to be... Um, just great energy, great buzz. Um, our plan is to showcase not only the game, but the stadium that's celebrating its 50 years. As many of you also know, it's, ho- it's hosted the Olympics. It's hosted World Cup soccer. It has a great history itself. Between that and uh, showcasing the beautiful city, landmarks, um, we, are very, uh, we are very excited. Uh, we've had the Texans before on Monday night in Denver. We've yet to have the Raiders. I know it's near and dear to John. I know Derek Carr is a, is a huge, uh, uh, a great story, and somebody uh, John has worked with and very passionate about. So we're excited to have the, uh, we're very psyched to have the Raiders on our air this coming Monday night.
1: Thanks, Jay. John, your thoughts?
3: I'm uh, just uh, really excited to get to Mexico City and see both teams. The Houston Texans playing great defense, and the Oakland Raiders been a long time since we've had them on Monday Night Football. I had a chance to coach there in a preseason game several years ago. Looking forward to making some more friends over there. And uh, thanks for being on the phone today. I'll be happy to answer any questions I can.
1: Thanks, Sean. We'll start with uh, Josh DeBow at AP, followed by Sam Farmer at the L.A. Times. Go ahead, Josh. John, how do you think
0: the environment in Azteca is going to be different than just a typical NFL game?
3: You know, I, I, I can only go back to the game I was at. We played Dallas in a preseason game there. The fans know football. They know it well and they get excited. And I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of Raider fans. There was the last time I was there. And, uh, I do believe there'll be quite a few Houston Texan fans as well. So it'll be loud. I think it'll be, uh, like a Raider home game. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Thanks. Okay, we'll go to Sam, followed by David Barron at the Houston Chronicle. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, hey John, any memories from that game, that uh, Cowboys game? I think it was a Monday night game. And, and uh, also, if you could just
0: uh, talk a little bit about the, what the Raiders are doing now.
3: Well, I have some great memories of that couple of days. We were in and out. It was, it was quite fast. It was during training camps. We didn't get a chance to see the sights or do it. Do a lot, but it was my first time there, so you know I got a chance to just get outside of the American soil, see some new things, see some really uh, really cool uh, people, and uh, the stadium is what I remember the most. Just the tradition, the the, the monstrosity of it, and uh, the excitement about playing in a place that you've only seen and heard about. And uh, I'm anxious to get back there and rekindle the the thoughts and the memories that I have there and just the passionate people. I mean, they love football. I I remember them screaming at us from the time we got off the bus to the time we hit the airport. A lot of passion over there. I know they're excited about having this game and um, I'm I'm really excited about the matchup. You were obviously in Tampa in 2002, but, but is this the best Raiders team since that team, since Bill Callahan, took over for you well they're getting better on defense i think the strength of this team to me is the offensive line they can mash people that's why i love this game i think the raiders offensive line against the houston texans defensive line is worth worth the ticket alone uh their car is spectacular they've got some really good weapons cooper is exceptional he gets a lot of the ink crabtree is a beast on the other side he can body up on people and they have a Thunder-Lightning t- style of running game. Murray is a big back that can bang it inside, and they got some scat backs that can do some things on the edges. So it's really a good offense. It's well-designed, and they're strong up front, and they're balanced. And uh, I think offensively they can rival any of those Raider teams that I was around, but I do think defensively they still have some areas that they need to prove. Um, I do love the edge players, Irvin, obviously, Khalil Mack. They're getting better on a weekly basis, and they got to prove they can beat some real quality teams. Not to say they played a soft schedule, but uh, we'll see exactly where they are uh, against the Houston Texans, although I was impressed with their win against Denver.
1: Great. Thanks, John. Okay, we'll go to David in Houston, followed by Jimmy Durkin at the Bay Bay Area News Group. Go ahead, David. Thanks, but John. Obviously, the Texans
0: lead their division, but Brock Osweiler has not been uh, particularly impressive or effective as a as a thrower. What uh, can he be salvaged? What is he not doing to live up to expectations thus far?
3: You know, it's just it's a new offense. I know people get tired of hearing that. It's it's a new receiving core. There's a lot of new things happening. There's new fundamentals, I'm sure, that Phil O'Brien is teaching. Uh, it's going to take a little time. Hopefully here as we enter the final seven or eight weeks of the season, all of that repetition that we hear about is, is put the good work and you start to see the fruits of the labor. It's just been inconsistent. The timing of the pass offense, whether it be a protection breakdown here or a missed throw there, a route. Breakdown there, maybe the route is too short. Uh, there's been a lot of things go wrong. It's it's been hot and cold, and, and mostly cold. And they've got to throw the ball better to, I think, be a factor in the playoffs. Um, but to answer your question, it's 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 been inconsistent, been very erratic. And Osweiler's got to
0: play better. It's that time. The 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 thought, at least among among people who have been who have been watching the Texas seems basically places most of the uh, the uh, the on on Osweiler. I know you mentioned that there have been there have been protection breakdowns and and uh, and uh, and route breakdowns as well. So so would you say it's not it's not all Osweiler? Are there other factors in uh, in uh, in play here? But does it does in the end does it come down to the quarterback to make things
3: work? And I don't think you can pin everything on Osweiler. They have indeed had protection problems at times. And you have a rookie receiver, Fuller, who's here one day and not the next. And DeAndre Hopkins is getting a lot of coverage. He's getting a lot of attention. And they are involved in the tight end a little bit more. But I do think uh, a lot of it is inexperience from Osweiler's standpoint in a new system. He's got some inexperienced receivers. Uh But as you say, at the end of the day, the quarterback is going to take credit for all the good and all the bad. He's got to play better.
1: He's capable of doing that. Thank you, Sean. Okay, we'll go to uh, Jimmy Durkin at the Bay Area News Group, followed by uh, Paul Gutierrez, ESPN's uh, Raiders reporter. Go ahead, Jimmy.
3: Hey John, uh, you know when you went down there for that preseason game, obviously the elevation down there is another 2,000 feet beyond what, what's kind of people are maybe used to in Denver. Do you do you remember what that experience was like going to that high elevation, and was there anything you guys did to to prepare leading into that? You know, we uh, I, I know we do our research prior to, to any road game, and I, I'm almost positive that we treated it similar to the way we treated denver i tried not to make a real big deal of it uh, honestly you know it's it's hard enough to to go on the road on foreign soil and play uh, play in a place that you've never been before but um our training staff like always took every precaution uh possible and was informative as possible with our players and i'm sure we had the extra oxygen if need be and then just what what's impressed you the most about Derek here in year three uh, as
2: he's just kind of continue to get better and better?
3: You know, you just watch the film. Number one, he's, he's a much better athlete than people think. They can run the zone read. They can run a lot of different kinds of plays to really make it hard for you as a defense to do a lot of things. They have all kinds of different formations. He's a smart guy. One personnel they'll be in. Four wides and a tight end and no backs. Then they'll come at you with extra offensive linemen. They can shift. He can audible. He's a sharp guy. He's very athletic. And to put it honestly, he's got a cannon. I mean, this guy's got a gun. He can get rid of it quick. He can throw it in tight windows with very little movement. He he has very little lower body movement. He's got a quick armor. He's got a rifle. And uh, he's got an arsenal of receivers uh, Al Davis would be very, very proud,
0: of Derek Carr. Thanks, John.
1: Before we go to Paul, Jay, do you want to address the elevation question, particularly based on your experience and knowing the configuration that you, you mentioned to me earlier about the, the locker room setup?
2: It's just going to be unique. You know, the locker rooms have been constructed outside the stadium on an upper level, uh, essentially in the parking lot. So the teams will be entering and exiting exiting even more so from the field to do a very big climb through the crowd outside the stadium into these constructed uh, locker rooms. So I can't imagine doing it with the helmet pads on uh, no matter what shape you're in, but they will definitely feel it after the pregame and they will definitely feel it at halftime heading back into the locker room. Uh, it uh, It is something different, a little bit more so than Denver even.
1: Thanks, Jay. Uh, we'll go to Paul, uh, followed by Dale Robertson with uh, the Houston Chronicle. Go ahead, Paul.
3: Hey John, uh, I know you said Al Davis would be proud of Derek Carr right now, but how are you feeling about it? Considering he went through your your program there before he entered the draft. You know what? I uh, I can remember him throwing the ball like it was yesterday. We we have uh, we had two cameras set up, 19 or 20 yards down the field on each hash hash mark. And we threw some scene passes into the bullseye where the GoPro camera was. And most of the guys hit the screen. They hit hit the hit the uh, screen. A couple guys would hit the target. Derek Carr hit the bullseye both times and broke my camera. So, I mean, this guy he uh, he put a show on for all the NFL players that were there. And you know what really hasn't been said about Carr today. What hasn't been said is his intangibles. He's such an upbeat great kid. He's got so much passion and energy and leadership. He's fun to be around. He laughs. He 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 works it. Uh he's a superstar. And uh he deserves a lot of credit. I'm glad he's getting some national television play. And and thanks. And lastly, uh What's your your gut reaction when you hear Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, you know what? I, <laughs> I, I don't like I don't like to hear that. I like the Oakland Raiders. I'm a big believer in tradition, and uh, I know there there's there's going to be issues that have to be resolved. I wish them the best, but uh, I like hearing Oakland Raiders personally.
1: Thank you. Okay, we'll go to uh, Dale uh, at the Houston Chronicle, followed by Sarah Barshop.
0: You uh, you know, it's an especially ironic meeting because the Texans obviously had two chances to draft Derrick in 2014. Nobody really second guesses the decision to not take him with the first overall pick, but they could have taken him with their second pick. He was still there. Uh, Sentiment in Houston was, oh, my God, not another car in Houston. Is that any, Is that is that a viable reason though to not take a kid? I mean, after listening to the way you've talked about him, John, I mean, I'm practically wiping tears off my face as we speak. So <laughs> it yeah, kind of looks I, really, really uh, bad. It's looking really like I, a agree I, I agree with you. I
3: agree with you. I agree with uh, you. I I think we said that during the draft. You know, the the Houston Texans uh, obviously chose to go another direction. I think they took Xavier Silofilo at the top of the right. second round. And I can't comment on why they did that. Uh, were they shied away from, uh, his brother? I don't know. I mean, I tick a lot of people off and I'm sure people don't like my brother Jay because of me, but that's your opinion. You know, I, I personally think Derek Carr is a, a very rare prospect. His Fresno film speaks for itself. Um, you know, he mastered two different systems. He played for, Two different head coaches he called his own place for crying out loud at Fresno and uh, I can't answer that question that's something that uh, obviously Rick Smith and, and uh, the owner of the Texans will have to answer but did, I'm did sure you, in some yeah, ways
0: they regret it at, at the time at the time would you uh, would, you, would you, I mean it sounds to me like you would have certainly put him up with the three guys very much up with the three guys who got dra- quarterbacks that were taken ahead of him right
3: yeah I certainly would and i you know I think the teams that pick at the top of the draft are picking up there for a reason yeah you know, that, that's why I picked up there once. I remember we took we took Cadillac Williams, but the teams that pick yeah. at the top five or six in a draft generally need a quarterback and um so i I am surprised uh I'm surprised everybody passed on, but this isn't the first case we've talked about.
0: You know, it's really it really is true, though. The Senate has been um, very negative towards it because his brother had, you know, minimal success here. But we're looking at bad in hindsight.
1: Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Dale. We'll move on to um, Antonio at Reforma in Mexico. Antonio, go ahead. Okay. um,
0: Coach, when you travel to Mexico in 2000, do you have um, any
1: concerns about the safety in the city?
3: No, I don't. I, uh, I really don't. I'm excited to go. I got my passport. I'm ready to roll. And last time I was there, I know I got to see some really cool places. I got to meet some people and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I have no concerns whatsoever.
1: Jay, do you um, want to address that? Oh, go ahead.
0: Excuse me. Um, do you see some similarities between your Raiders of 2000 and these Raiders?
3: I do. I see a lot of similarities. Number one, it starts on the offensive line. We like bigger people than most teams, and the offensive line of the Raiders is massive. They're fun to watch. Hudson is not the biggest center, but they're very big at tackle, very big at guard, and intimidating inside. They have a big back. They have some auxiliary backs that are quick. They have some outstanding receivers. We had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. They've got Cooper and Crabtree and you got an athletic quarterback. I like the long corners that they have. If Sean Smith plays with Emerson, they've got big long corners, some big hitters inside in, uh, their safety players. And, and I really like the edge rushers. So this is a traditional Oakland Raider team. Uh, Mark Davis, Reggie McKenzie, the entire scouting staff deserves a lot of credit. For what they put
1: together in a very short period of time. Thank you, Cole. Okay, we'll go to uh, Eddie Pascal at uh, Raiders.com, and then we'll check Sarah Barshop's line after that again. Go ahead, Eddie. Yeah, hey, Coach, we, you kind of touched on earlier that
2: your memories from when Derek was at your camp, breaking the camera and all, but can you speak a little bit more about the intangibles that he kind of brings to the table? Everyone obviously talks about the big arm, and you know, now in his second year, and Bill Musgrave's system is master of the offense, but... Just can you
0: just kind of share about you know kind of what he does,
3: what makes him so good as a quarterback that maybe you don't see on tape? Well, he knows what he's doing. Number one, he can he can
0: go up there and fix
3: a problem. I mean, if there's a blitz coming on the left, he doesn't miss it. He changes the protection. He hand signals the route. He keeps the Raiders in optimum play selection. And things don't have to be perfect. I mean, if the pocket isn't clean, he can just slide two feet to his right and throw an awkward delivery release 18 yards down the field on the dime. Uh, he's got very good pocket skills. He's got very good decision-making and uh, he's athletic and tough. And he, he really likes the big moments and he's not afraid to be a gunslinger when he has to. I mean, some of the decisions he, he makes uh, are head scratching, but he gets it done because of his arm talent, and uh, fun to watch, really fun to watch. Obviously, I'm very excited to see him.
1: Thank you. One more question, John. You uh, you you know you talked about uh, the offensive line of the Raiders versus the defensive line of the uh, Texans. What are some of the other key matchups that you're looking for going into this particular game?
3: Well, I think uh, Romeo Cornell, number one, the defense coordinator of the Texans, he does a great job every week coming up with something to break down your protection, something you haven't seen before so you can't prepare for it. He's got some great pass rushers himself, clowny and Merciless, and he's going to deploy those guys uh, in a unique fashion. He does a great job traditionally in the red zone. Uh, so I think Romeo Cornell, his experience uh, as a coordinator with a talented defense, Going up against the Raiders on Monday night with an extra day to prepare is exciting to me. And uh, I can't wait to see how the Raiders, they run this one play, I call it duo. They have two double teams, and they run it about 10 to 12 times a game. I think they ran it 20 times against Denver. And I just can't wait to see uh, them run that double team scheme against this Texans front. Hopefully Vince Wilfork's ready to go. Uh, that will be interesting.
1: Excellent. Well, uh, we have had 30 minutes for this call, and we're right at that point. So just want to thank John and Jay for their time. Thanks to the members of the media for joining us. Again, we'll have uh, from Mexico City on Monday night, the Texans and the Raiders, a great matchup, as the NFL returns to Mexico City for the first time in 11 years. We'll have a, a replay of the call available later this afternoon. Thanks again to everybody for uh, for joining today. Appreciate it.